This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. Hi, I'm Charlie Cuff, year 10 student from Nelson College, and welcome to the Gen Z Time Machine. In this episode, we'll hear more from New Zealand international footballer Peter Whiting and his experiences playing in the early 1960s. Peter was a goalkeeper who played for Wellington and the English club Charlton Athletic. He also toured with the New Zealand team, facing powerhouse nations such as England and Germany. As our interview was held during Level 4 lockdown, we spoke by phone. You went on a, a world tour. How was that? Oh, yeah, that was a, a, a real huge experience. I mean, we were away for, I think, eight or nine weeks, so it was quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and travelling on jets around the world, it was uh, 707s and comets in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, unbelievably uh, yeah, it was exciting from my point of view. Going on that, it was fantastic. Yeah, was it quite a glamorous life touring the world? Yes, we we had a, a wonderful time. People entertained us everywhere, and you know, gosh, in Hong Kong when we played there, we uh, they took us to uh, banquets for the evening, Chinese banquets, and uh, when we got in New York, that the time we were in New York, um, there was a world trade fair on, and they organised to take us there. It was. Yeah, all these sort of things you would never have got the opportunity without the football, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say there are different styles of play between countries? Like more skill-based, more passing, faster, that kind of thing? <laughs> uh, I think it's uh, uh, levelled out a bit now, but in the old days, British football, uh, New Zealand football was very direct, whereas uh, the Continental and the uh, South Americans were more... Uh, passing the ball midfield, keeping it in midfield and then trying to make a break, whereas England was more, and New Zealand was more of a long ball and chase. (laughs) Yes, so the the skills now, I think, have evened out and you get a pretty similar game all round. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the biggest game you've played in? Well, I thought the biggest game, uh, or two games, was uh, when we played England in uh, 19... I, that was uh, to me playing for New Zealand against uh, an English team with Tom Finney and I uh, in that team was Bobby Moore who later wins 66 was the captain of the World Cup winning team in England mm-hmm. um, I mean, so that that was uh, fantastic playing that that was probably the pinnacle from my point of view in New Zealand anyway uh-huh as a hopeful goalkeeper myself, I'm really interested in the atmosphere um, of playing in big stadiums and big games. Could you describe what it was like walking out onto a pitch with a big old cheering crowd? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I think uh, in, uh, when I went to Charlton, um, I was on a trial there. My last game was we played against Sheffield and uh, the crowd was quite large and it was a pretty uh, important game from my point of view. It was uh, the last game of, uh, from my trial period and if I didn't do get signed up then, that was it. But anyway, that night 
we threw it to all. It was a, a pretty high. Didn't do too bad. I, I think I came through okay. But um, at the end of the game, in those days, the crowd get on the field and they just mobbed on the field. There was pe- people everywhere. <laughs> and a British policeman got in front of me and said, "Follow me." That's <laughs> how so I got off the ground. Following him, <laughs> it was just that, that was probably uh, as exciting as a, a moment as ever. Uh, Yes, getting through the crowd that night, that was quite incredible, yeah. Mm -hmm. Football fans, were they quite passionate and would they have had quite a strong reaction to certain things on the pitch? Oh, look, uh, in England, I I wouldn't say it's so bad here, but in England, they're so one-eyed, they only see their team and they're they're just so passionate about their team. If they go down, I mean, uh, you've got the whole crowd crying that the team's not not performed. Uh, everyone's so involved and so, uh, yeah, uh, gosh. It, 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 it's scary sometimes when you see how one-eyed they are towards their team. I would, you wouldn't vote a uh, yell for the opposition standing in the crowd, that's for sure. Yeah. When you were playing professionally, did you have a kind of a hero? But my my hero is a goalkeeper, uh, your Banks from England. Uh, he was uh, my hero. I, I liked, uh, yeah, uh, Gordon Banks, if you remember him. He what? was in the 66 team uh, that won the World Cup. Uh-huh. So he was uh, quite incredible. Uh, yep. Did you ever play against him or was he before you? No, no, I didn't. But um, again, with the English team that came out in 1961, one of the other guys in the team was Colin Appleton. And he used to play with Gordon Banks. But when I got to Charlton, he was actually at Charlton at that point. And um, he used to tell me about the the training that Banks did. So uh, not that I met him, but... um, Colin told me all the extra work he did, so I would, would do that as best I can. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to have a sand pit at the, at the club, and from a goalkeeper's point of view, you could dive in the sand pit and not hurt yourself so much as you would on hard ground. So um, I would be training in there and uh, with the help of uh, some of the other guys, and it, it would you know, give you extra... Um, Agility, driving around and not hurting yourself, that was quite good. Mm-hmm. Did you not have any padded clothing or were you just wearing normal kits? No, you just had all Greek kit, yeah. Mm-hmm. At what level were you at when you were playing at Charlton? What level in English football was that? Oh, there was a, the, the Charlton were in the second division at that time. There wasn't the super like they are now. There was one, two, three, four. Uh, divisions that, that was it and um, yeah they were in the second division mm-hmm. this is a it might be a little bit of a difficult one but what opponents had the best fans that you played against the most passionate <laughs> <laughs> well when you say best I mean passionate uh, I, I think Millwall <laughs> their crowd was unbelievable uh-huh. I was playing uh, uh, only a, a reserve game at that point, but the crowd were throwing coins at me <laughs> what? from behind the goal, trying to put you off. It was quite incredible. Wow. Um, I've seen some clips from older games, and the pitch usually 
isn't as maintained as they are now. What were pitches like? When you see it now, there's green grass right into the goal. In those days, where the goal was, it was a mud, mud heap in some games, some grounds, yes. It definitely wasn't maintained like it is now. Even when you were playing for New Zealand? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, we had one game uh, later on, after I came back from England, there was National League had started. Um, and I played in that, and we had some real mud baths, especially in Auckland uh, at Blandford Park. There was a, that was just a mud hole. It was in a gully, and it just took the water in that area, and it just was terrible to play on. We had a game against, uh, oh, this was the Central League. I was playing against Nelson, mm-hmm. and Nelson travelled to Wellington, and because they got here, it was a real stormy weekend. All games were cancelled except... Uh, we had to play, and uh, there was just puddles of mud. Uh, and they, they got a penalty against us, I ended up in the middle of a puddle of mud. But um, uh, it, it was so cold, one of the guys, oh, it was Turner, it was, he later played for New Zealand in 82, and uh, he went off um, with hypothermia, so it was that bad. Oh, wow. Wow. What happened with the penalty? I, I can't remember that. The water? I, I just remember being in the water. I can't remember. <laughs> I think the ball went in the net. Uh-huh. I, I can't recall that. But but uh, afterwards they said they didn't think I would go for the ball because it meant going into the water and it was pretty cold. <laughs> would you say that playing in the rain is more fun than playing in dry conditions? Because I quite like it personally when it's quite muddy because then you can kind of slide around it doesn't hurt as much would you agree with that or a different opinion no I, I think I prefer playing in the dry uh, <laughs> rather than the wet uh-huh. again because of the ability with you holding onto the ball um, with your hands anyway with not having the gloves and that that they've got these days hmm. uh, if the ball was wet it was uh, more difficult to hang on to than uh, it would be if it was dry Oh yeah, it's a, it's a very good point actually. Were you not able to wear any other kind of gloves or was it just not even thought of back then? Well, I, I don't think... Uh, I never realised anyone really wore gloves at all until later on when they started developing them more. But uh, I think that came out of Germany, I think. I'm not too sure. But uh, there was talk of people taking um, table tennis like uh, that rubber little buttony type rubber on the table tennis bat, oh, yeah. trying to stick that or sew it onto gloves but uh, that was talked about but I never ever saw anyone actually do it but they uh, were talking about that sort of thing so um, I think we just worked, played the game as it was, that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, taking you back a little bit, uh, have you seen, because if it was a, a much more rough game compared with now, especially with people faking fouls to get um, free kicks and that kind of thing nowadays. Um, were there some quite bad injuries that you saw? No, I, I, I never even think. If you started worrying about getting injured, I don't think you should be playing. I think you, you went for the ball and you intended to get the ball. If you hit someone on the way, that was not intentional. It was uh, from my point of view. Uh, if you were starting to look to hit somebody, you weren't watching the ball. So uh, <laughs> as long as you were going for the ball, I think it was fair play. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and when you were injured, uh, what was recovery like? Were you given a lot of support for that? In in sixty, when I got injured, that I was jumping for a ball, and someone came flying in with their knees up and hit me in the spleen, and I had internal bleeding and was in hospital for a week in Christchurch. Mm. Um, that was not nice, but. Uh, mm-hmm. That was my worst injury that I can really remember. Um, the kicks in the heads or other kicks I was incidental, but that one was my worst one. Uh, it certainly shook me for a while, that. But mm-hmm. I came back in 61 uh, 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 probably a bit more... Uh, uh, I, 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 when I jumped, I tended to keep my knees up, uh, which I wasn't when I was younger. I just jumped um, and left myself exposed, so I probably was protecting myself in a, a better way later. Mm. Who were you playing for when you got injured then? That was Wellington versus mm-hmm. uh, Canterbury in, at uh, English Park in Christchurch. Uh, did Wellington uh, offer you support for when you were injured, like medical support? Well, in those days, to go to Christchurch, you would go on the overnight Maori uh, ferry mm-hmm. and then play and then come home the next night so what happened because I went to hospital um, the Wellington team left one guy behind w- with me uh, Jack Barton uh-huh. and he uh, we then flew home or he flew home first and then I flew home later the well, weather was very bad at that time and I ended up on a bus from Christchurch to Blenheim a flight from Blenheim to Paraparam and then my father picked me up at Paracram. We were living in uh, Miramar at that point in Wellington. And uh, so that was quite a trip home. And I had internal bleeding at that time, which uh, wasn't very nice. You were going home with internal bleeding? I, they let me out of hospital and they kind of scribbled on my stomach where the blood was. And uh, But I wasn't very happy being stuck in Christchurch in the hospital. So I really wanted to go home. So I think they let me go. And um, yeah, so then I recovered in Wellington later. Wow. Okay, well, it's been, uh, it's been great speaking to you. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Charlie. Join me, Charlie Cuff, next week as we continue our journey through the last century in the Gen Z Time Machine. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.